Very good morning to everyone. Very happy to be here at Aztec to share the Word of God with everyone. And uh, I've been asked to share as we go on the series on the book of Exodus. We have reached kind of a climax point in the Ten Commandments. And it is a topic that is very familiar to all of us. And I was thinking, how, how much deeper and how much further can we look at the Ten Commandments? To begin, I would like to share a verse in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Is that a clicker? Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does, he, prosper, he prospers. So as we take a look at this verse, we are invited to see the blessings that the law is ready to give us. But when we talk about the law, what is our usual impression? What comes to mind when we talk about the law? Let's contextualize a bit and look at Singapore. The law in Singapore, how do you all find it? Or are you all scared to say anything about the law? <laughs> Does that say something about the law? <laughs> so many people have this impression, right? Uh, we, we are not saying whether it's right or wrong, but we are saying the law in Singapore is very strict, right? Some would even say it's very restrictive and maybe even controlling, right? Uh, people are kind of scared of the law, right? It's something that people fear. So this is the common concept that we have about law. But the law is actually representative of the values of the country. Even company, each company has its own rules. And even each household, they have their own rules. In Chinese, there's a saying, I come from a Chinese church. So in Chinese, there's a saying, uh, I will say it in Chinese first, it's called, Guo yu guo fa, jia yu jia gui. What it means is that each country has its own set of laws. And each family has its own set of rules. And this is how order is achieved, right? It is meant to protect the rights and liberty of the people, for people to function within the constraints of the law. It's a very interesting concept, right? Because you have to be constrained to be able to be free. And this is something that we can learn from the laws of the land to apply to the laws of God, right? When we say the law in Singapore it is strict, it's restrictive, maybe controlling, maybe because Singapore values a few things, right? 
It values safety, it values order, it values harmony. So the law set is set in a way that helps achieve these purposes. So there's this tension between control and liberty. And it can be said that liberty without control brings chaos. Sometimes Singaporeans, when they go overseas for the first time, they will say, oh man, this is so scary. I do not know where, how to cross the road. I do not know uh, what is the safety here and things like that. But on the flip side, control without liberty brings oppression. And the law of each country, each household, each company is where the balance lies. So God's law has this perfect balance that no country, no company, no household has. It brings us a set of fence to protect us, but within this fence of protection, there is liberty. The law is representative of the values of God's kingdom. It is meant to protect the rights and the liberty of God's people. And justice, along with the perfect balance of grace, will redeem us. That's why in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I was not born in a Christian family, so when I first came to church, I always wondered when I hear, when I hear this verse. It says, the truth will set me free. But the longer I stay in church, the longer I feel like, oh, there's more and more rules to learn, to obey, to follow. You know, I, I don't feel free. I feel constrained. I feel restricted as compared to before I knew the truth. So, what does this verse mean? It means that from this truth of the law that is given to us, it will help us to choose, to know the consequences of the things obeying or going against the law will bring us. And when we look at the book of Exodus, which is the series we are on, we look at the background and the context of the Ten Commandments. This is a very nice summary done up by uh, a very popular Christian website and video called uh, The Bible Project. So, in the beginning of Exodus, the people of Israel were, were slaves in Egypt for about 400 years or so. So Pharaoh tries to destroy Israel. And there was a confrontation between God and the Pharaoh. And the heart of Pharaoh hardened to the point where he had to 
go through a lot to the point of the Passover, and only at that point, the Pharaoh let the people go. So they cross the Red Sea, and all is good. But after crossing the Red Sea, they landed in the wilderness. And people started complaining. Say, ah, it was better in Egypt. It's like, oh, what, what are we doing here? You know, I thought we came out of Egypt to have a better life, to be free. But it seems like we are heading nowhere. And then comes a covenant, a promise, an agreement God wants to give to his people. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 to 6, the Ten Commandments is in chapter 20, so this is the prelude to the Ten Commandments. It says, On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, they set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped, before the mountain. And verse 3, While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have sinned. He says that there's evidence, there's ground for belief. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And verse 5, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So God gave a covenant between him and Israel to, for them to be his people. And even this covenant comes to us today. When we look at verse 6, it's a very familiar verse because it appears in the New Testament as well in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who caught you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called by God to be his people. And the Ten Commandments is part of the covenant God wants to give with us. So in verse 7 and verse 8, the people responded. Moses came and called the elders of the people and said before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And verse 8, all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. It is like a sort of marriage, a wedding ceremony. During weddings we hear the couple say, I do. And in this covenant, the people said, we will do. 
So the Ten Commandments is not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's not the line for going to heaven. It's a covenant, it's an agreement, it's a promise. It's something that we say because of how you have led us thus far, I trust you. I trust you to know what is best, better than what I know. I trust you to take care of me and to show me a better way. When we meditate on the Ten Commandments, when we look at the Ten Commandments, when we observe and follow, obey the Ten Commandments, it's not because we are legalists. It's not because we are trying to go to heaven that way. It is because we know God has given it to us as a better way, as a covenant. That is why today I've, I've titled the sermon Beneath and Beyond the Ten Commandments. Because often we view it as just a list of do's and don'ts to follow. But beneath it and beyond it, it is more than that. So today, I'm going to share with you some ways to look at the Ten Commandments. It's through four steps. The first step, a revelation. What does the commandment reveal to us about God? The second step is a confrontation. The confrontation to us, who are we? What is our character? Is it in line with the commandment? And step three is an instruction. What does the commandment instruct us to do? In which way is it instructing us to walk in? And lastly, there's a promise in each commandment. And here we go, the Ten Commandments. Quiz time. <laughs> Commandment number one. Anyone knows? Commandment number one can sort of shout out the key words. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay. Number two. What is the second commandment? You shall make no idols. Number three. You shall not take the name of Lord in vain. Number four, keep the Sabbath holy. Seventh-day Adventists, we are very good with number four. We always remember it. Okay, if we forget everything else, we will remember number four. Number five, honour your father and mother. Number six, shall not murder. Number seven, shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness. And number 10, you shall not covet. So these are, these are the 10 commandments. You are very familiar with it. I'm not here today to tell you you should follow this. Of course, I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't follow this. I'm telling you to look deeper into it, to look beneath the 10 commandments and beyond the 10 commandments. So for example, commandment number eight, you shall not steal. We use the four steps that we laid down. 
previously, and we look at it. Firstly, revelation. In this commandment, you shall not steal, what does it reveal to us about God? It shows us that God is generous. You shall not steal because you do not need to steal. He will supply our every need. And also we can learn that God loves all of us because when you steal, you are hurting someone else. You are harming someone else. So this is what you learn from God, about, from this commandment about God. Who is He? This is simple and this is easy to come up with. But the second part, it will go into our heart. It is a confrontation. Who am I? What is my character? It's no longer just, do you steal? No, it's about who you are as a person. You ask yourself questions like, when have I been tempted to steal? And what kind of things do I steal? And when you come to God, when we look at the commandments, when we meditate on it, we don't just go, oh, it's okay, I, I don't steal, I have what I need. We have to think deeper. You look at the instructions, it shows us a new way to choose not to steal. By stealing, I, I do not mean just money and items. Sometimes we steal the trust of people. Sometimes we steal the reputation of people by gossiping behind their backs, by saying false things about them. Sometimes we steal people's time, right? Over, right now, in this auditorium, there's about 50, 60, 50, 60 people. If I do not take time to prepare the sermon, I become a thief because I'm stealing your time. And there's more that you can think about. How do we not steal? And number four, there's a promise. A new person that we go beyond not just what we do, but who we are and who we can become. In Hebrews 10, verse 15 to 17, the Holy Spirit also bear witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. God wishes to write these laws in our hearts and our minds. No longer just on the outside. So, today I've come with a mission. Homework time. <laughs> you are told not to do homework on Sabbath, but you might have to break it this time around. During COVID, we are quite free on Sabbath afternoons. So, I will go through all the Ten Commandments today and tell you, oh, this is what you should learn from the commandment. Today, I want you to go back and learn from each commandment 
what God wants to teach you. So take time. During this afternoon, or during your small groups, during Sabbath school, share with one another, in person, or through Facebook, WhatsApp. You write down each commandment and what you learn from the revelation, what you learn about God's character. Number two, confrontation. What you learn about yourself, your character. And number three, about instruction. What is the new path God wants you to walk in? And number four, what promise does God bring to you in that commandment? So, look at all ten, go through it. I'm sure you'll be blessed by it. Much more than this sermon. Because it is in personal experience in God's Word that we gain, a, gain vitality in our spiritual life where we truly experience God. Sermon is like someone cooking the food for you. Or some people may put it as someone chewing the food and spitting it out for you. That's not very nice, right? But when you read the Word of God for yourself, you experience it. You go through the whole process and you feel the power in God's Word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, encourages us. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you want to live a prosperous life? You want to live a successful life, not just by the terms of the world, but in the terms of God. If you do, I encourage you to meditate on God's law. The Ten Commandments is not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's a covenant, an agreement, a promise. It's something that we know because of how far God has led us. We know He knows better than I do. He sees wider than I do. That is why I trust in Him. When He tells me what I should do, how I should live my life to the best that I can be. So that we can live not just obeying the Ten Commandments, but we can live beneath and beyond the Ten Commandments. As we end today's sermon, I'd like to invite you to read this verse together with me. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. When I, I'll count to 3 and we'll read together from verse 1. 1, 2, 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers. May the Lord prosper you as you 
meditate on his law. Shall we pray? Dearest God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time we can gather to sing praises to your name, to listen to your word. As we go through the book of Exodus, we have come to the point where you have gave us the Ten Commandments. And today, may we just like the Israelites who have received them, help us to meditate on them. Help us to learn about you from the commandments, learn about us, ourselves, from these commandments, how you want us to act, who you want us to be. Guide us, bless us. We pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.